it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Kyle of the band The Unlikely Candidates over Zoom video. Kyle was born and raised in Keller, Texas, which is in the Fort Worth area, and he talks about how he got into music. Actually, music wasn't in Kyle's future at all until almost his senior year in high school. He was at a party. Cole was there. They both ran cross-country together, so they knew each other. Cole knew a few chords on guitar, started playing Basket Case from Green Day. Kyle started singing it, and people were like, whoa. And he just immediately caught the bug right then. He knew that's what he had to be doing. He knew he had to sing, and he wanted to write songs. So him and Cole just got together and, and started writing and writing and writing. It wasn't until after college they played a show in Arizona that his dad set up for him where somebody from the music industry was there, ended up kind of getting everybody together, which eventually formed the unlikely candidates. He talked about the success of their very first song called follow my feet, eventually getting signed to Atlantic records. What that was like the continued success of bed of liars and danger to myself, uh, the singles they had off those records, what it was like having those songs on the radio to eventually having Novocaine become the number one song while they're on tour right as the pandemic was happening. So Novocaine's going to number one as the world's shutting down and their tour got canceled after, I think, 19 shows, but they were supposed to play like 70 shows, which ended up allowing a lot more time for them to sit down and work on their debut studio album, which just came out called Panther Island. He talked about the process of recording that record all done like via FaceTime, singing the entire album in his closet, just surrounded by clothes because he didn't have it properly soundproofed. He was just in his closet, clothes surrounding him, and he sang all of what is on Panther Island. So we hear all about that new record as well and the tour they have coming up. You can watch our interview with Kyle on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with the unlikely candidates. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record. Awesome. Sweet, sweet. So um, I always start off with where were you born and raised? I did see, uh, did the band start in Keller, Texas? Yeah, uh, Keller, Texas in like Fort Worth. Like me and Cole went to Keller, but we were both kind of like Keller, Fort Worth. But, but like the band really like cemented in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. What was it yeah. like? You so see, you, you were mainly in the Keller area though, but before the band started. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where I like, grew up. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? I don't It's, you said in Fort Worth, that's kind of t Dallas. What area? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the big city, small town vibe, even though okay. it's like, massive, it's kind of like, feels more like a town than a city. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Like growing up in, uh, Keller was it's it's just like the most suburban of all suburban areas. <laughs> like okay. I literally don't know else. It's like basically mostly just made out of like track homes and like strip shopping centers. Like 
okay. as far as I can see. So we definitely had that like, uh, you know, angsty, I'm getting out of the burbs kind of like thing, you know, Okay. the only, uh, only band in our town. So, you know, just that kind of youthful teenage uh, rebellion type thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. It inspired okay. that for sure. Rad, rad. Kind of place. Cool. And how did you get into music? Um, literally, um, I had no background in music like at all. I'd never even like sang in front of anyone. Like Cole could barely play the guitar, but we were at like a little high school party and Cole was like playing like a Green Day song or something. And I guess I was just buzzed enough to like try and sing along. So I started to like sing and uh, I got a good reaction from like the few friends that were there. And for some reason in that moment, I was just like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the aha moment. I want to do this forever, wow. which made no, which made no sense because I had literally never sang in front of anyone, didn't know how to play, had never written a song. Cole could barely play guitar. And I was like, yeah, this is it. Dude, that blows my mind because you're such a great vocalist. Like, I'm so surprised that you weren't like, I thought you're going to be like, yeah, I was in choir since I was four. And then I went to, no. you know, oh my gosh. Literally had like no background in singing at all. Just kind of like, I didn't even know if my voice is any good. Like it took me a while to like actually believe that like I was good at singing because I hadn't gotten any feedback from like anyone my entire life. Like not even my family knew I could sing. Like I would just sing in the shower in the car. So when I started singing like all the time, they're like, uh, <laughs> where, did this, like where did you, where did this come from? Oh, wow. Like, I don't know. I've been doing this. You guys, I just haven't showed you guys type thing. Sure. Were you like in sports or anything like that? Is that what you were up to prior? Me and, me and Cole were like in, me and Cole were in like cross country. Like, okay. I mean, I had played soccer like growing up, but like, yeah, me and Cole were in cross country and that's kind of like how we knew each other. But like, that's about it. Like we can, we didn't really do most of the sports thing. And even in cross country, we we're just kind of like, it was just something to do. We're slacking off and stuff. Wow. And then he obviously knew how to play a little bit of guitar to play a Green Day song. Not like very little, like barely knew his way around four chords, like had probably <laughs> been like actually playing for like maybe like a few months. Okay. So it made even less sense that we were both like, let's do this for like six hours every day. <laughs> this is our new full-time deal. We did, yeah, we did. Everyone was like very confused. What Green Day song was it? It was like Basket Case, like the easiest oh, cool. one to play. Like, yeah. That's cool. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh, how funny. So Basket Case was the first song I ever knew all the lyrics to. <laughs> oh yeah no it makes sense it's like one of those it's one of those beginner songs it's a great song but right. yeah it's like it's a good place to start it's usually the first that and like seven nation army are usually where everything begins right yeah, yeah. i was i'm a bit older than i was like in fourth grade when that record came out or maybe i was in fifth grade and i just remember singing basket case my parents were like what are you like yeah i know what, they were what probably, are you talking about <laughs> they were probably like very confused and yeah. not stoked i'm sure they're like yeah yeah, I remember, yeah, when I had the CD, I remember I listened to it on my room on in on headphones because I didn't want them to hear the lyrics. It's like it's just so funny to think back to it. Yeah, now. I did the same thing. Like I somehow tricked my parents into buying like a the Outcast CD. Oh, 
There you go. And like, because for some reason, when I was like really young, I really gravitated towards outcasts. Like, I don't really, <laughs> I think I just love that Miss Jackson song. Sure. And I was like, it was like my favorite song. So I like tricked my grandma into buying the CD. I like snuck it on the thing because it was right when parental advisory came out. So I couldn't buy it myself. Oh, right. Yeah. And then I just jammed that CD like stuffed yeah. it in there somewhere <laughs> yeah and it had like a really explicit like image on the top of the cd so i covered it with like little like stickers from like tech decks and like you know <laughs> bottles and stuff that's hilarious yeah so this what grade were you in when um you sang that green day song or like when you guys kind of got together we were like that? we were like going into our senior year of high school so wow. it was like it so was, was like Towards the end there. It was like really late. Yeah. That's why people were like even more confused. Like everyone's kind of getting ready to like, you know, graduate and stuff. And we were spending all of our time doing this. Okay. Make a lot of sense. Even looking back, I'm like, I really don't know. Like, I think we were just like, like I was like, this is it. I think Cole was just like, I, you know, I'm bored. Like, sure. (laughs) Sure. Let's play something. Did you both have plans to go to college and pursue something totally different prior to that moment? Yeah. I was just going to go to college and like, just do whatever. Like I didn't really have like a plan exactly. Uh Um, Yeah. And think same with him. Like, but obviously music was way more interesting. Sure. Did the band take off a little bit during your senior year of high school or like, how did, no, I guess you you said the band started, I guess, in a different part of, Texas. No, we were we were terrible. Like we it was just me and him. We couldn't find anybody else in town that played music. Like literally like not a, not a single other person would join the band. So we just stayed acoustic for several years uh because it was easy and we while we were figuring everything out, but like yeah, we were not uh the band definitely did not take off. Like we had some fans, I think like we were always on MySpace, like adding people, like we'd spend hours a day, like adding people on MySpace. Like, okay. Yeah. We were, we were hustling for sure. But yeah, no, the band didn't really take off um, out of there. No. Sure. Were you writing songs together too, or was it mainly? Yeah, covers? we were, we okay. were just like, we just had no idea what we were doing. Like we were writing songs with like, cause neither of us had ever written a song and like mm-hmm. no one, was in our band as well to like try and help us so like we just kind of had a foggy notion of how it was done so we're writing these songs like three or four time signatures like that had like no repeating parts like just like almost terrible acoustic prog rock (laughs) just based off format alone not like because we were actually good at prog rock uh yeah we were we were pretty bad for a while it took a while for us to figure out we basically started from the ground up like uh-huh. entirely. And w- do you end up like, like how do you end up meeting the other guys and officially forming the band? Um, we got, we finally like through basically like my dad was doing like electrical work on like this, like venue in Arizona and Tempe, Arizona. And me and Cole had like already like gone to college and we were like still writing and stuff, but like, didn't really know where to go with it. My dad was like, Hey, like this, there's this fancy venue opening. Like you should definitely like come out here and play. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. It's in Arizona. And he's like, I'll pay for your gas. And we're like, all right, cool. We'll go. And um, (laughs) we went there 
he was like, he was like, I bet somebody like important might be there and like scout you guys. And like, sure enough, like when we were there, like we played and some guys like, uh, like, yeah, stuff, like talk to me outside. And then he led us to somebody and that somebody led us to somebody else. And, uh, they kind of like signed us to like a very small management type deal. And just uh, in this, just the two of you at this time or, or yeah, was just, the bank? just, just the, the two, two of you. us. And then, uh, like that guy linked us up with our drummer and like through a bunch of different lineup changes, we finally got to where we are like, but yeah, a lot of it came from like this management person kind of linking us with different people. That's interesting. Your dad didn't have any idea this guy was going to be there. He just kind of yeah. threw that he out just there. Like, he, Maybe he just like totally, just totally called his shot. Like he was just like, <laughs> yeah, I bet that there'll be somebody here uh, that like can do something to help you guys. And yeah, there was, I was just like, wow, that worked out exactly. Like you said, he's That's like, crazy. I knew it. I was like, no, you didn't. You did not know. That this <laughs> is really Oh my gosh. Well, so you put out uh, "Follow Your Follow My Feet" was the first song you put out. Yeah, and with that, was that still just the two of you, or was the band like officially formed? Or were you writing as a band at this time? It was really just it was really just the two of us. Like me and Cole wrote the song, and then like we uh, we like had it. We worked with like a producer to fill out the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just wrote it on acoustic guitar. And that was kind of the beginning. That's how we wrote like pretty much everything at the beginning was just like acoustic guitar for like years. Interesting. And so with that though, you ended up putting an EP out and was the, would you, was the band, what it is, or was the band fully formed though, when you were releasing that? And like, so when that started to kind of take off. Honestly, like we had, we had a full lineup and then something happened, like some drama and like we had to like, get rid of our guitarists like why we were getting signed and oh, wow. was, like kind of a disaster uh and then there is this uh jared who like we basically also knew through this manager guy like um he had worked with him before and we would just go stay on jared's couch whenever we were in like california and like mm-hmm. hang out with him and i didn't even know that he could really like play i knew that he was in a band but like when we needed a new member literally one week before tour we were trying out bassists and couldn't find anybody he's just like hey i play bass and i was like oh yeah you do play bass and then he like came out and like just nailed the audition so we didn't have a set lineup uh until a week before we went out on like a year and a half tour oh wow whoa that could have gone that could have gone badly probably <laughs> yeah what, where were you guys going and was it supporting that fall on my feet release yeah yeah like it was okay. right after we got signed to atlantic and mm-hmm. then uh we literally hit the road for like a year and a half basically that's crazy like getting signed yeah. to atlantic must have been such a like wow what a big moment i mean not even, it was insane yeah it was like it was totally that rock star moment that we'd all like dreamed of especially like the way that it happened like we played south by the song was already our follow my feet was already like moving at radio which was um, probably crazy in itself independent yeah and then we played this show at south by southwest and just like played like a lights out shows like like one still one of the best shows ever played and like the second we did that like we poured into like the alleyway and like there were like five or six ARs just like all like swarming us like and 
two days later we were in New York trying out for labels and three days later we were signed to Atlantic. Like it was definitely that whirlwind rock star story. Wow. That's crazy. That's so rad though. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the next record was a uh, bed of liars. And you, you know, you had another couple of hits on, on that right off the bat that went to radio too. Right. Yeah. We had love can start a war that it took a while though. Like after, after that year and a half tour, like we kind of like, we hadn't really written anything in the labels like, Hey, like we're probably going to drop you guys if you guys don't come up with some new stuff. And we're like, Oh, oh shit. Uh, so we went home and like, we didn't really want to do it. The acoustic thing anymore. So like Brent who joined the band when he was 19, like he, I knew that I'd known that he had done some production before and was like, he was really good at guitar, but basically we all just moved into like, his like parents house and uh me and him just started writing together like and his productions were actually like really good and then basically me and him just started writing every day for like hours like he would he would write for like eight hours during the day and then i would come in and like write eight hours through the night and like we just did that for like six months and we get like over a hundred songs and that wow. kind of like that kind of like saved the band kind of like because uh-huh. we came up with that ringer song which became a single and then mm-hmm. we had already had love can start a war but both of those ended up going to radio yeah i remember uh because i i did radio for a long time up until pretty much the pandemic and i took on this podcast full time but yeah i remember playing uh both those songs on the radio oh that's awesome what uh what station were you I was at, uh, for a long time, I was at 91X in San Diego. And then I was at uh, Live 105 in San Francisco, which became like Alt 105. And I think it's like. Do we meet Dave you in, if, in San Diego? I feel, uh, I feel you like we are familiar. Like, I, was I, like, I believe it was like, tw- yeah, we, yeah, we have. I think we met in like 2018, 2019, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can't remember exactly. When, when did you guys, because you were, you, you might have done, did you play that show in march 2020 like i think you were supposed to do a show for us yeah, but i don't I remember think, i think yeah i think by then it was like already everything had already been like canceled no actually right? yeah i no, think no, you did yeah you the, played uh, the music box right yeah okay yeah. i was trying to figure it out i was yeah, like i was like right. timeline was, wise i was like because we were playing novocaine i think yeah that was a great show yeah uh yeah that was like the last run before the end of the world Right, yeah. right, right. Because, because okay, that did happen. I was, I worked. I was on the night show. I didn't go to that show, but I played your record a million times, and we yeah. and I met you guys through that way uh, yeah. prior to that. But um, I, I do remember that because that was when everyone was kind of like, it, it, coronavirus is totally a thing at this point. Everyone was like, "What is going on? Like, is this yeah, going to get no out one, of control?" Like, it was like just getting to California, mm-hmm. and like people were like is this a big deal yet? And then like, and then like a week later, it was like, everyone's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. yeah. Shutting. We were on tour and like, it was insane. Like every place that we would play the next day, we would hear that they were like shut down, like that they were shut down. And like, we were just like, go to the next city. Then they shut down after we left and we're like, all right. This is, uh, 
That's so wild. How many, did you make it up through the end of your tour or did you get shut down? Not even close. No, like honestly, like the tour that we booked was like insane. Like I was already like terrified of doing it because it was like, it was like 70 shows in like three months. Like I think our booking agent was literally trying to kill me. Um, (laughs) Like, I like it didn't it was an absurd amount of shows but like we were about to like make the most money and have like the best run of our like entire career mm-hmm. uh but like we had to cut it like 12 shows in I think that's crazy yeah. and it was that great been- but like that's so it was so many shows I was already like pretty terrified but you guys didn't have well obviously the new record wasn't out yet yeah. and uh and what before that was dangerous just Novocaine, yeah, right? Because you had Danger to Myself just, was before that record, before you yeah. put out Novocaine. But we were touring, we were just touring off the success of Novocaine. Like we hit number one, like shortly after that San Diego show. Uh-huh. And uh, we hit number one. And then like four days later, like everything stopped. Oh my gosh. What was that like? Like having. It's devastating. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was devastating. Uh, getting the number one was amazing. Like, yeah. Cause it was still, we got to enjoy the number one cause Corona still hadn't like, it wasn't like real, real, like it right. was, it was happening, but like, we didn't realize it was like such a big deal at the very beginning. Right. Right. But, like we got to enjoy the success, like the number one moment, like it was its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah. Then real life. Then that happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I can't imagine that. What a position to be number one on the, on the charts is like insanity. Like awesome. that's so insane. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. so cool. And the song is obviously amazing and it did Thanks, people man. resonate with it and, and everything else. But yeah, I, I remember we were playing that, but I felt like we played a couple of your records. We played your records before that one too. I remember playing those a lot. Yeah. We had a songs. lot of, songs out like every like just every song that we put out just like did well in different parts of the country but just Mm -hmm. didn't really unite all of them like novocaine was the first time that like the like everyone played the song that's so cool it was pretty awesome and from that though i mean like riding that high getting number one and then it's like everything comes crashing down and you get sent home how do you guys handle that like is it like uh Cause in the beginning it was like, this is going to be two weeks and everyone's going to be back out on the road. I think, I think that we had a little bit of hope at the beginning. Cause we thought maybe it was going to be like that, but then we realized that it wasn't going to be like that. And like, I mean, what can you do really? Like, right. especially when it's the whole world, like it's hard for me to complain about like stuff when like people are like dying and stuff. Sure. Sure. Like, we were just, we just kind of focused on doing these flat and the hump day sessions, like where like every Wednesday we would do like a live stream with like, and try and make it interesting by doing like an eighties week or like uh. we went to like a safari park. Cause people were doing that. Cause it was open air. Right. And we played for a bunch of animals. So like, we just tried to do that like every week. We did it every week for 20 weeks, actually. Did you really just going to different places? Yeah. I mean, we did most of it in our rehearsal area, like just okay. like just playing for the fans. Like really, it was just to keep us sane and to like <laughs> inter- keep engaged like mm-hmm. with them. Uh, 
but yeah, we, we did flatten the hump day sessions, our weekly stream for like 20 weeks. That's cool. And did you have the, uh, a record, like, were you working on a record that before hitting the road or is it just like, okay, we put out Novocaine it was and then like, it does super well. So it's like, we got to just let's go and, and do this. But did you have a batch of songs ready to come out? Um, no, I mean, we did have a bunch of songs, but like, we, yeah, like we didn't end up using any of them. Like I hit up my friend, like who's been our producer on a bunch of other tracks. And I was like, Hey, let's, uh, like we're, while we're just here, let's just write a full album. Um, cause we had already had those two singles, but basically I just needed a bunch of like B sides to fill out an album. Mm-hmm. um we're not really good at writing b-sides like every time we write a song like it always just ends up trying to be like a big song like well, that's I think not a bad just, problem like, we, just, <laughs> we just love like big choruses and melodies and like so like it right. always it always ends up that way even though i'm trying to write like low-key just like but basically i just like we just wanted to write stuff that we thought were cool we weren't really like trying to chase a sound or like hits we just did whatever we wanted and we did it over the course of the pandemic and that became panther island okay wow was there always a hope to put a full record out or do you feel like because the pandemic allowed more time yeah i mean we wouldn't have gotten to start from scratch if it weren't for the pandemic. So I'm definitely thankful for that. Um, Yeah. So like that Panther Island probably definitely would not exist if it weren't for the pandemic, it would be a totally different album. And honestly, this album is better than the album it would have been. Oh, interesting. So did you have songs that were recorded that you were kind of holding on to and they just didn't. We did, but we just kind of started over. Like we had a bunch of songs that I'd written um, and we worked on with like different producers and stuff, but like we just decided to like scrap it and start mm-hmm. from scratch and we had the time to do it. So, wow. so when you start working on Panther Island, what you said you were working with a, a producer friend of yours. Yeah. Like it's, it's our buddy Derek Furman and we've worked with him like in the past on a bunch of stuff and uh, yeah, we were just like, Hey, like let's just start sending shit back and forth. So okay, so that's what how you that's how you did it. Okay, I was gonna ask. Yeah, was, like was so, it like a virtual type? Yeah, you know, like I, we writing. I get on like Facetime with him and talk about the songs and we build them out. Like whenever I was recording vocals, like he would like coach me through them. Like so, he's just like here on my like shelf in my closet <laughs> and time kind of like we use this one thing where like uh, it's like an app through logic um where he can hear in real time what i'm singing oh so that's can, cool like uh he can kind of like direct me through that uh and yeah we just did that for hours and hours and hours and hours did you sing the whole record in your closet yeah yeah, so what you hear on the album is is yeah. those takes recorded recorded in my closet around a bunch of clothes that I stacked like I didn't have like audio treatment so I just put a ton of clothes in my closet and <laughs> it was hot it was hot in there I suffered I suffered for those those takes 
That's incredible. And, yeah. what, and the, what about the music and the instrumental for the rest of the record? Was that just done the same way? Like you guys, how are you sending, able to... sending files back and forth? Like our guitarists would like go like listen to like, like the, you know, he would just add his own parts on there and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like everyone, but we were all, we were writing a lot of it like at the rehearsal space, but yeah, like it was basically just sending files back and forth the old postal service way. Sure. Wow. And what about playing it together? Like when was the first time you actually got to be together and be like, Oh, we should play these songs like as a, a unit, <laughs> like live. I don't know. Like that was like, that came like way, way later. Like we would yeah. play them for like fun and stuff like that. But as far as like really learn them and like sharpen them up like that, I mean, I mean, we haven't even learned like to play like all the songs on the record yet. Like, oh really no like i mean you we just kind of you just kind of write them and then like record them and then like move on until like you need to do it again mm -hmm. and uh yeah there's still a couple songs on the record that we don't know how to play but we're learning now <laughs> because we're going on tour and i'm assuming that people want to hear the new stuff so we're learning yeah. that stuff like right now so right now exactly okay right now i love the yeah. the video you guys did to announce the tour dates or that was, even oh, yeah. yeah, you did like a little song and you sang all the day, the tour dates. That's uh that's feeding the TikTok machine, man. It, it worked at yeah, least for me. I was like, oh, yeah, damn, this is cool. Yeah. I mean, like me and, fucking, you know, me and Cole love the old Bob Dylan thing. Honestly, I think that we like, we got the idea from like, I mean, actually it was like, a, it was like the, um, I've been everywhere, man. Like, yeah. Song. That's kind of like what we we're going for, but yeah, we did that. It was it was fun. Yeah, no, it's a great video. A I really like video. It. We're like we're up doing like a folk song, listing off all like the places where we're going. Yeah, yeah, and the kick drum, uh, your drummer doing that the was kick. what made it. Honestly, that, that so was good. what made the video. If it wasn't for that, it would not have been like half as effective. <laughs> yeah, we found this in our rehearsal studio. There's like an old timey suitcase. Uh -huh. I'm just explaining this for like every anyone that might be listening yeah like, no explain it because i I'm, i was get actually actually gonna ask you about this i've never thing. even seen one it was like an old-timey suitcase with like a like a tom head on it like glued to it i don't know if the tom head goes through the suitcase i guess it does but like basically there could be nothing more like folky like oh brother where art there shanty band than like an old-timey suitcase like with that you can use as like a kick drum it so doesn't fit clothes in it like could you put stuff in the suitcase? i have no idea i didn't, oh, open, didn't it. open like it. i don't even yeah i don't even know i want to check out what's in there because like <laughs> it it sounded way better than it had any right to sound that's for sure and it, it didn't sound good it, 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 oh thank you it sounded <laughs> it sounded yeah, it was it was all right. It was good. It was good no, for the moment. It was great. Sure, I was, I thought it was like a prop you guys created. Like, okay, we're gonna be on the road. No, so I'm, here's a that. suitcase, and I'm we're gonna glue like a tom head, and I'm just gonna cheat on. I it. wish <laughs> that there was that much forethought in what we did. No, we just came up with that idea in like 20 minutes, and then filmed it 20 minutes later. That's uh, that's our level of uh. Prep. <laughs> so. That's cool though. So, well, tell okay. me about the, I mean, and I want to hear about the record then. I know you've put out as the whole album's out, but you had a handful of singles out prior to it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the record, uh, it's, 
I, I think it turned out pretty well. Like we wrote all the songs during the pandemic and uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird record. Like we've always like skipped around genres. Like I've mm-hmm. never, I've just never been able to like lock on one sound and just continue to do it. I have no idea why I really don't like, I know it's like a production thing, but like all the productions still sound different. It's like, we just hop genres. Like we can't write a specific sound over and over, which makes it really hard to market this band. Cause like, and it makes it really hard to pick even like what songs we're going to do. Cause everybody kind of has a different favorite song because they're all so different. Sure. So we just played around with genres. Like there's like Gemini sounds like a funky soul. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of my favorite that's the first song on the record right disco track yeah it's like one yeah i think that's such a great song that one and uh i think it's the fourth song i, I listened to the record through sunshine. a few times yeah, yeah sunshine, sunshine that's too. a cool song yeah. too like that was like a west coast kind of like gorilla z thing yeah like, totally which we've been doing songs like those for years but this is kind of like a lot of those sounds that we've been playing with for a long time kind of like melded into like very solidified crystallizations of those little genres or genres that we've been playing with um Mm. so yeah just like there's some like like i tried to do like almost like a juice world mixed with like a 90s song like yeah it's all over the place but that was really fun for us to like try on all the different styles but it's definitely a, a mix match uh, it's just my voice. I rely on my voice to tie everything together. I was going to say, cause it doesn't sound like, like you're explaining it for anyone that hadn't heard the record. It it sounds like a cohesive album. Like it, yeah. like it, it, it does what it's it, like. If you turn it on and you listen to, you know, Gemini through the record, it makes sense as a full album, yeah. but like you're, but it does have a bunch of different influences. You can it's, hear it's it throughout. Weird. Yeah. Cause the two bookends of the label is like, there's like a nineties, like, grunge track with like nirvana vibes and then like the first <laughs> song on the album is like disco funk like all falsetto like bgs thing so i got like the bgs and nirvana type vibes <laughs> on the same record and just like doesn't really make sense but somehow it works like, but it does it works yeah and it's was weird. it difficult to like lay it out in like um yeah it took me like forever. tracklist things yeah it took me forever like and i was annoying like everybody i'd send everybody like different track listings i'm like what do you guys think of this should i put there like they're like we don't care like really really stop asking you've been doing this for months now like please i, I would love yeah. that in i the think middle that's of the so night, cool that you do would, that yeah i like and then even like when it came out i was like oh i messed this up this is terrible. <laughs> no, like, no one's gonna get it. Like this track listing is is trash. Everyone's like, please, please just stop. Like you're no. gonna do something. You're gonna do something crazy. Like call the pressers. Like stop the album. To have them, <laughs> like too late. Hang on, we need to move. Just track let four it go. And three. Yeah, I do stuff like that all the time. And the label's just like, oh my god, please, <laughs> please stay out of your own way. I'm like, all right. No, fine. but I I love that you do that and take the time to do that because i feel like a lot of people nowadays especially with you know streaming and like a single game that a lot of people are playing uh don't have that like you know they don't look that far into it like you're made a record and there's a reason it's an album and there's a reason why you put gemini as the first song and the last song is the last song and it and it, and it reads as it does 
And I think that like art is kind of getting lost. Yeah. I like, yeah, the day of the album is kind of like done. Unfortunately. I mean, it's, it'll never be like actually done, but like, yeah, everything has been focused on singles for so long now that I feel like the album is not as like appreciated or just Mm -hmm. like, well, tailored it's like people just dump a bunch of songs on there i mean i'm sure a lot of people everyone's like thinking about their like album like but i i I am not i wouldn't be surprised if people like don't put as much emphasis on it as it used to be Mm -hmm. so yeah i definitely try to uh overthink it for sure No, but that's i think that's so cool that you do that and like you still just because, like I said, I come you from might radio. Be, you might be the only one who thinks that. I'm not going to no. lie. Oh, no. You might be, the, <laughs> might be the only one to appreciate the overthinking. At least no. everybody in our camp were like. <laughs> I guess it's coming from like the radio programmer guy in me. I'm yeah. Like, they're like just spending hours putting together playlists. Like, oh, why, yeah. No, why yeah. Sh- why should totally I not relate. play blah, blah, blah into blah, blah, blah? Like, it's like. Totally. Yeah, you, you have to like definitely. hear it in, like, <laughs> and yeah. just not to spoil the the you know behind the curtain to anyone listening that doesn't know radio. It's all programmed by like two people at the station. <laughs> it, it, yeah, um, but it's but it, I loved that. You it was know, like yeah, trying to figure know, out what goes into what. The playlist struggles. Yeah, it's a real it's a real thing. It know? is. That's you so only cool. got you only got one chance to like uh, you know assuming that people listen, I mean, like I just tried to stack it to keep people's attention. Like I was just kind of like, I'm trying to imagine that like, this is somebody that liked one song and they're like entering our music for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I tried to have it all blend well together, but also like, I just really tried to like keep people's attention throughout to get them to the next song and the next song and the next Mm -hmm. song. I think you did a great job. Thanks. Yeah. Glad my uh, my efforts were not in vain. No, not at all, dude. They're 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 awesome. And then you have your tour coming up, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, stoked. It's uh, yeah. Tell we're me, playing some, we're playing some places we've never played before. You're kind of playing, playing in the middle of the country. It looks like. Yeah, it's a weird. It's kind of a weird uh, tour, but it'll be fun. Like, and we haven't played a lot of these places. Like, we're playing like a couple towns I've never heard of. <laughs> like we're playing up in like i've never heard of harleton uh montana yeah i i hadn't either yeah there was a couple on there i was like okay i mean yeah. there's places on there which I, is rad that you're doing these the these dates i mean there's bigger ones columbus chicago you know there's right. oh that i guess that's a festival but like you're doing minneapolis but like you'll look and be like oh Okay, that's cool. Like, I like I just like, thought oh, that was like rad. Oh, no, that was an interesting choice. Like, not, right. a cho- not even like that though. Yeah. But it's like that's rad that you guys are playing cities and these people and, and people that live in that town. Yeah, are like, be so stoked. stoked. They're like, yeah, oh my they'll gosh, be, they'll be stoked. Like, uh, I mean, that's that's like the great thing is like a lot of these places probably don't get a lot of like bands coming through. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping like the whole town is there. Like that's. Yeah. I bet it will be the mayor and like everyone like, you know, Yeah, they'll shut the whole city down. For yeah, you right that now. would be sick. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I hope uh, I hope those are some interesting gigs. Yeah, I did notice a lot of people are asking in the comment section on your thing if you guys are doing any other dates coming up, too. And I'm curious because I recently moved from San Diego to 
Nashville and I saw you guys. Oh, nice. Doing yeah, no, I mean, Tennessee. we're, we're going to be like booking stuff throughout the next year. Like we're going to be on the road. We're trying to get some dates for like August and all that. And mm-hmm. I mean, we might be going to Europe. I think we're going to start doing more Europe stuff, which is going to be cool. That's cool. Like, so, I mean, I, that'll probably eat into our U.S. time somewhat. <laughs> but, sure. you know, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be next on the horizon as well. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time today, Kyle. This has been awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you as well. Uh, I have one more quick question before I let you go. Uh, do, you, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Uh, just write as much as you possibly can. Look at the influences, like whoever your favorite people are, and try and figure out what made them work and uh, really, really try and understand the craft. Like what's that? Uh, I remember, uh, man, what's the guy? Um, Gonzo reporting, uh, Hunter oh, S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, I think that I re- watched this documentary where he would just literally type the great Gatsby over and over and over to get like the rhythm and feel of it. And like, if you can kind of do something with that, like with music, like write, like really pay attention to how these people write their songs, like even write your own songs on top of the way that they wrote their songs. Like that's a good, I I tell a lot of like aspiring people to do that. that They're like, I don't know how to write a song. I'm like, write over the songs of the people that you admire like until you figure out how to like adopt their format, you learn about structure, you learn about melodic structure, you learn about where to put your lyrics, what to say, basically just pay attention to the greats and then build your own style from there. And then once you won't need them anymore, you'll have your own momentum. <laughs>